Hello, everyone. My name's Jack, and you're listening to the Dev90X podcast. So, today is day zero. Actually, it's day one, uh, and I'm reflecting on yesterday, which was day zero. I've decided that I'm going to be doing these podcasts like this where I will record the next day for the previous day because I don't really like recording in the evening at the end of the day. So I'm going to record in the morning when I'm feeling bright and chipper and I'll talk about the day prior. So yesterday was Thursday, today is Friday and yesterday I I spent a lot of time just kind of getting ready for the podcast actually. Um, But before I get into that, uh, let's talk about where I'm at. So I just moved into a new place. Um, just to reiterate again, I'm, I'm living in Bali. I'm living in a place near the coast called Pererinan, Um And I just moved into a new place. I'm still figuring out my routine a little bit, still getting, um, uh, still on, yeah, getting, getting into the flow of this, this new location, like where I'm eating, you know, where I go to the gym, all of those little things. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm spending a lot. I'm not, I'm not like fully up and running hundred percent full engines blazing. I'm not, not quite there yet, but I will be there soon. So my overall strategy with the, with this 90 days challenge is to stay healthy and prevent burnout. And because of that, uh, one of the things that (laughs) Also, because I've kind of cheated and I've already started work and I'm not a total, total beginner. And I said that I was, I'm like pretty much a beginner, but I'm not actually a total, total beginner at what I'm doing. So I thought I would make the challenge a little bit harder for myself and begin the challenge by quitting coffee. (laughs) Uh, So I have been a little bit tired um, these past few days. My energy levels have been a little bit lower than I would prefer, Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to be... I'm going to be good again soon. I'm really looking forward to that. Also, I I did plan to start the podcast on the 1st of August and it it is now the 6th of August. So I'm running a little bit behind on time. Um, And the reason for that is when I decided that I was going to start the podcast, it was the 29th of July and I had two days to get ready. And in those two days, I, I spent um, most of my time just figuring out audio. So one of the hardest things with podcasting and, and video in, in general is the audio. And so, yeah, I spent, I spent a lot of time just recording with different microphones and trying to clean up the audio, trying to sound better, trying to um, get rid of you know, mouth, mouth clicks and, and things like that. And <laughs> it took a few days, let me tell you. But for anyone who's interested uh, in my current podcasting setup, I am, I've pretty much got my workflow down now. I've got the project set up in Coda, uh, which is kind of like Notion, for those of you who don't know. Um, it's like a project management thing. And it's got all my notes, my tools, my planning, topics that I want to cover, uh, and a little note for each each episode. So right now I'm actually reading from my notes for day zero. I wrote all the, all my dot points down, all the topics I want to cover, and um, 
I'm kind of like going through each bullet point. Uh, so podcasting setup. I'm I'm actually recording. I have a, I have a good lapel uh, lavalier wired microphone, but it was so so sensitive that it would pick up all the nuanced noises from my mouth. And I listened to it back one time, and I was like, oh my god, I can't unhear that. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that my mouth makes so much noise uh, when I'm talking. Uh, maybe it doesn't, and maybe it's just sometimes it does, and I still haven't quite figured that part out. But anyway, you could hear every little thing with this microphone. So I tried to clean up the audio in post using GarageBand, using all the di all the different equalizers, um, you know, figuring out exact exactly what what pitch those mouth noises happen in. And in the end, <laughs> in order to get rid of the mouth mouth noises, I had to destroy the quality of the audio so that you couldn't hear <laughs> hear it. And that, that, that kind of ruined it. So um, I decided to abandon using that microphone for now until I figured out how to, how to get the, the quality where I want it to be. I was spending way too much time on this, guys. Like, oh my God. Um, so now I'm recording from my phone microphone. I've got a Galaxy S9. It's pretty old now, but the microphone's still pretty good. I've got my face mask over the microphone to act as a pop filter. And it's not too bad. It works pretty good. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking really, really close to the microphone. So for any of you guys out there who are thinking of starting a podcast, this works great. This works super good. Put your, put your face mask over the microphone as a pop filter. Speak really close into the microphone. And then, um, and then you can do the, the back end stuff, do the audio cleaning up uh, afterwards. I'm using GarageBand and also an online uh, microservice called Auphonic which does, it's like a, a paid service, but it's, it's pretty reasonably priced. Um, and it just does everything. It just like levels the volume and, and cleans the noise and, and, and just everything. So uh, I've found that that is such a, a time saver for me. So that's my podcasting setup. Also, yesterday I spent a fair bit of time on setting up the, the Telegram group chat and the, the website. So dev90x has its own website now, dev90x.com. And you can go there to join in the Telegram group chat, which is where I'm going to be hanging out, talking about the podcast. And any of the listeners can also join in. And we can, we can, all, talk about, <laughs> we can all talk about the podcast and the challenge and learning how to build apps. So join me there if you'd like to reach out and connect and to connect to the development community. Um, yeah, that's where, that's where I'm gonna be in the Telegram group chat. Also, it's gonna be free for like the first 100 people. And after that, I will probably put up a paywall. It'll be small, it'll be like $5 or something like that. Just to keep the quality high and just to keep um, people engaged and valuing the group because I just wanted to, I just wanted to keep it a valuable group for people. Not just one of these like, you know, just spammy, crappy, like mass marketing telegram groups. I want this to be a really helpful, helpful group. Uh, so yeah, definitely get in quick while it's still free. As for the app development, so I, I want to say that um, mostly when you start developing an app from, from beginning, from scratch, and, and you have no developer experience, there's like a few things that you do 
first as you as you're getting kind of set up and 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 kind of getting into the swing of things and i've already done a lot of that stuff so when i quit my job with resourceful uh, about almost eight weeks ago i went through a transition and i quit and then then i had to move house i moved from uber to changu and and then there were lockdowns in bali and there was like this whole thing but in that time in that crazy time i had already started working on this idea working on this concept so at that point it was still very much just a concept and just an idea and i hadn't done anything on it and also i hadn't really got anything set up for building an app i hadn't done any any of that back-end stuff i hadn't done um, any of the front-end stuff and i didn't have like developer environment set up uh, so i wasn't i really really wasn't ready to build anything uh, however since then I have become ready to build things. And so I've done a fair bit of, of this kind of prep work already, which makes it, I wanted to say that, I wanted to tell people what I've done because uh, I'm kind of already in the swing of things and it's not really fair for people who are just getting started for me to skip on that because that's like some of the hardest stuff <laughs> is just getting started. And it's, <laughs> it's such a a cheap thing to just like skip past the part where I'm I'm getting set up and just getting started and to the point where I'm like already writing code. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to say that uh, I, yeah, I have, I have my stuff kind of set up already and going into that a little bit. So I spent maybe like five to seven days researching what to write code in. At first it was Xcode because I was planning on doing the iPhone app. And then it wasn't Xcode anymore. And so now it's just a text editor because I'm building a web app. And the text editor that everyone uses, apparently, apparently everyone, is VS Code, which is made by Microsoft, Visual Studio Code. I actually initially confused it with Visual Studio, which is another product by Microsoft, which is like a full-fledged IDE. And Visual Studio Code is just a text editor so it's not technically speaking like a fully fledged ide and the difference there as far as i'm aware is debugging i guess i'm not i'm not an expert in these things so i i don't fully know the difference between like a proper proper ide developer environment and just what a text editor is because this text editor is not a text editor let me tell you it's <laughs> it's fully featured environment for coding um so i got that visual studio code and and then i i you know it's it's not like a text editor it's like it's it's complicated there's like all these features you know it manages file systems file trees you have projects you have workspaces you got folders you know it uh it has like a plugin library with a bajillion different plugins that can do like every little thing and so when you when you're getting set up you don't just download VS Code and you're ready to go. Like you got to get familiar with it. You got to learn keyboard shortcuts. You got to learn which plugins that are super super helpful because they don't come, you know, pre-baked into it. You have to go to the plugins and then download them and then activate them uh, and then figure out where their functions are and how to activate functions and and like how they change the UI and all of these things. It's 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 a it's a learning curve, let me tell you. Um so I spent a few days just figuring out what the best plugins would be. And there are some plugins that really, really help with the workflow. 
Um, live server is one where, you know, it'll open up your, your HTML file in a live server. And, and then you can put autosave. You can switch on autosave in VS Code, which is just constantly saving the file. And then live server is always just updating automatically to reflect what changes have been written into the code. So you don't have to like, you know, set like manually like control S and then go to your browser window and then reload the, pre reload the page to see what has happened. It's just automatically. So it just, it just like really speeds up the workflow. Um, having said that, it can also just be a hassle to have live server because, you know, it's always, always changing. So it's going to error out um, whenever you like haven't got your code complete. So yeah, sometimes you use it, sometimes you don't. But anyway, super helpful plugin. There's also one called uh, Prettier, which just makes your indentation really, really nice when, when you save. Um, you know, uh, bracket colorizer that changes the colors of your brackets so you can easily see uh, which brackets are paired with which other brackets. You know, anyway, like before, I don't want to like go into every single plugin because there's quite a few different ones and. The best thing to do is just go on YouTube and do some research on best plugins for VS Code and go from there. The other one is uh, Sublime Text that a lot of people use and well, some people I guess. It seems like everyone uses VS Code, but some people prefer Sublime Text. I tried it in the past um, a few years ago and it seemed really awesome, but I'm not sure if it has all of these amazing plugins. So yeah. Also, it's not free, free. Like, it's free, but, you know, it asks you to pay for it and it has like an annoying pop up, um, which I think you can turn off even. And then it's, it's kind of like ad blocker where it's like, just please like pay for this. It's valuable. But um, yeah, VS Code is 100% free from Microsoft. So if you hate Microsoft, get Sublime Text. <laughs> if you don't hate Microsoft, <laughs> get VS Code. Okay. So. My developer environment is set up and I actually have my project already set up. So I'm going pretty well for day one. <laughs> um, I, so when I, when I first had this idea, I wanted to move really, really quickly and get a prototype working as fast as possible because I was still in the startup mindset and well, I guess that's a good mindset to be in actually is that you, you do want to move really fast. Like you don't want it to take so, so long to get a working prototype or a working MVP because you don't even know, like you really need to do the viability thing as quickly as possible. Otherwise you, you, you could be working on something more valuable, you know, something that other people actually want. Um, so I was trying to move really fast and my first thoughts were to just pay a few cheap people on Fiverr to to help me build out the prototype. And so that's what I did. I went on Fiverr and I found someone who looked like they could really help and start setting things up. And I paid this guy $60 to build me a basic bare bones login flow. So that's what I wanted to start with. You could create an account and you could log in and it would have like your dashboard, which initially would be empty and there wouldn't be anything. But at least, you know, you, you could create an account and log in and, and I have like the back end sort of set up and running. So I did this and it was great. Like the guy delivered it super quick. He did exactly what I asked him to do. But <laughs> this doesn't work 
if you just want to pay random people on Fiverr to do little snippets of things with your project, it immediately becomes too messy and too complicated um, and really inefficient. Like ideally what you want is one really good person who's going to just do the whole thing. Like they're going to build the entire prototype or the, the entire MVP and you're only talking to one guy or girl um, the whole time. And that's what you want. You don't want to just like hire random people. The problem with that or with this, with Handstander, is that I can't find just one person who knows everything they need to know to, to do the app because it's, it's bridging two different areas of expertise. It's bridging, uh, yeah, like front-end development. Oh, not really front-end. It's bridging app, general app development. You know, you've got back-end and you've got front-end and you've got APIs that access different, you know, hardware things like the webcam um, and you display that image on the, on the screen or the photo or the camera on, the, on, on an iPhone or an Android if you're using a native app. Uh, and then you've got the data backend. You have accounts and management and users can save their data. They can, they can record their handstand sessions. You know, it's, it's going to deliver them achievements for different levels that they reach with their, with their data reflected in their data uh, to turn it into a game. But then you've got the AI, and that's like the big kind of bridging factor here. That there are like computer vision AI experts on Fiverr that that's their thing, but then they're not so good at you know the other stuff. And then you've got like the like the Firebase kind of like front end web development experts, and that's their thing. And they can really like set up your kind of they can set up your stack, but then they can't do the AI. And it's like, and then so you got to work with multiple people. And you, at that point, you may as well just build a team and fork out the big dollars. <laughs> just pay them just to stay on until, until you get to the, to the point where you want to be. And so I thought about doing that. I thought, okay, well, why don't I just take the rest of my savings and just dump it into, into that and just pay these people to get to the, to the point. But I realized that I wouldn't learn how to code. And then I'd be left with no savings and no real like prospects for going down this path as I was in the product management side of things and now I want to get into the, into the development side of things and to do, to do that I need to learn how to code I need to learn this so I decided that I'm going to do it myself I'm going to learn what I need to learn and I'm going to do it myself and that's where I am now so here I am I've got my project set up I got my developer environment set up I'm working from an M1 MacBook Air it's great. I really love it. And the project file that I have for my project is super messy. <laughs> so I, I asked this guy on Fiverr to, de to deliver me something that was very basic, very kind of template-y, and that's exactly what I got. I got like this template thing. And so the template has all these things that I don't need in it. You know, it's got template folders with, you know, like boilerplate images and, and CSS and, uh, you know, JavaScript files that I'm not sure if I need them. And, uh, yeah, basically just a whole bunch of code. You know, it's using jQuery and I don't actually need jQuery yet, maybe ever. Um, 
yeah, it's got like all the all the different Firebase libraries in it, which I don't know if I need all of them. Um, and yeah, it's got it's using Bootstrap, and I'm like, I don't I don't need that yet. I don't need any kind of like I don't need to focus on UI at all yet. I just need to get this this basic tech functionality working. And so I've got to go through and clean it. And I I started doing that yesterday and just going through and cleaning it. And so that's one of the challenges is that I've just got a kind of messy thing to work with and I don't fully understand what's what's necessary and I'm not very good at like changing around code yet. And then the other challenge that I am facing at the moment is these TensorFlow libraries for the pose detection models. So essentially what I need is I need to use pose detection computer vision models that can read an image and then they run it through a convolutional neural network and then the, the output is the, these key points of where the joints are on the body. So they can say, all right, there's like a 87.5% probability that the left shoulder is right here. And then it draws the point on the image. And then it draws the, the you know, left shoulder, right shoulder, and, and elbows, and wrists, and, and, and neck, and head, and, and draws all the key points. There's different ones. Some of, them, some of them are drawing like 17 key points, and then others are drawing like 32 or 33 different key points on the body. Um, obviously, the more key points that it has to find, the more computation it needs to run on each frame of the video. And so those ones can be slower, but that's not, not really like the main thing that makes it slower. There's so many different variables that make them faster or slower. So it's really hard, first of all, just to find like, which one am I going to use? Which pose detection model am I going to use? And then um, the inference from that pose detection model needs to be consistent with how I train it to classify handstands. So if I change the model and then the inference changes from that, and when I say inference, what I mean is, is the output of the model of all of these key points on the body. Um, so from model to model, it's like inference will be different because the initial model is trained on a different data set uh, from you know model to model. And so given the same input, it'll inference it differently. And if I, if I then have a classification model running on top of that, which classifies handstands, it, it basically needs the same inference as what it was trained on. Because the inference can actually screw up. It can, it can be like, all right, I think your left elbow is like, <laughs> you know, it's like a game of Twister. It's like, ah, like it just jumbles up all the key points because it just doesn't know how to read the image. But if that jumble is consistent when you train the classifier, it'll still classify it correctly even though it looks weird as hell. It looks like you're like all mangled up and you're like a contortionist <laughs> when you see like the skeleton drawn on the image. But, you know, the, the input being consistent and that mangled up thing being consistent, then the, then the classifier will also be consistent and it'll still classify it correctly, uh, which is a really weird caveat of like how, how these computer vision models work and how these deep neural nets work. Uh, but yeah, I, found, I already found that 
uh, through my research, and that was pretty interesting. Anyway, so I've I've got some models, and I'm trying to get them to work. I'm trying to like download them, and then hook them up to this webcam image, which is supposed to be like a really simple thing to do because I've already seen the demos of this, and I've already seen the demos working, and I've been like, oh yeah, somebody else did it, and it's so easy. But then doing it myself, I'm having some troubles. <laughs> I'm having some troubles. So I I have two options. I can just I can just ask the browser to go fetch fetch the uh, the JavaScript files from another server, which at the moment is using JS Deliver, I think. But there's like different content delivery servers that just del deliver these these kind of modules, and um, I'm getting errors. I'm getting these errors in the browser. And then when I follow the link, it's like it's like the thing is not found. Like the resource isn't found. But then when I type the link in manually, it finds it. And so I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. One thing I do know is that it's changing. So the link I have in my code, and then when I look in the console, it actually it's like looking at a different link. I don't know why. It's like it's like got this automatic formatting thing that's going on, and it's like changing the link in in the console. And I don't. Yeah. It's weird. But anyway, I can't get these libraries to work. And that's really the challenge at the moment. Uh, so I got to learn a bit more about how getting, getting like third-party libraries to work in my code. And that's where I'm at. That's day zero. So <laughs> that was a lot. And these will get a little bit more summarized going forward day to day. I had a lot to cover there. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And I will... See you tomorrow.